Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to 
Voice Chat for the week of May 28th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and I am joined solely this week by Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. And we are talking about your Codename NX predictions, which you so kindly sent to us. But before we do that, let's talk about uh, breaking news, Amiibo <laughs> and Amazon and what happened. And I'm still not buying them. I don't care what you say. Dude, there's a life sign from Amazon. You a know, we've, we've had... Um, between Amazon and Nintendo? For a long time, we've said, hey, is this the end of pre-orders or orders of Nintendo product on Amazon? I mean, it was it was pretty haphazard, but mm-hmm. um, they actually sent out a custom newsletter to people oh, who were in, interested in Amiibo and basically said, yes, this Friday you can order all Wave 4 Amiibos. I mean, they speak in the lingo. They're saying For 10 seconds. Wave, <laughs> wave 4. <laughs> the windows are 30 minutes. That probably means the actual window is 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, um, or less. But, you know, they're starting at 2 p.m. Pacific time with Pac-Man, and then every 30 minutes they've got a different one. Um, even the Inkling Boy Girl and Squared 3 Pack is going to go on sale at 6 p.m. So each one of them, like 30 minutes, so that's, that's good. They're limiting it to one figure per customer. They're disabling one-click ordering, all that kind of stuff. So um, so if you yeah. have still not pre-ordered uh, or gone through the hurdles required to get Wave 4 Amiibo or your Silver Mario yep. or your Splatoon Amiibo, I guess this is for you. Yeah. Um, when is this? When is this happening? Is this exactly? tomorrow. It's on Friday the um, – sorry, it's not tomorrow. It's 29th. Friday the 29th. Which by the time you're listening to this, you may have missed out. Yeah, sorry. But if you do listen to the podcast on Thursday night slash Friday morning when uh-huh. this is – Hopefully going to be posted. But, you get a chance to get Amiibo. But that's a good sign. I mean, they're definitely, they're spacing it out. They're rolling it out. They're, you know, no kind of midnight shenanigans or sure. anything like that. So I'm, I'm liking that. I hope yeah. this is a new direction well, and for especially because less N- frustration. Nintendo is going to continue to produce Amiibo with their games, right? Like, let's be fair. Like, why stop when 10 million was the number reported at that yep. last investors thing, right? Like, there's no signs of stopping that. No. If anything, I think one thing that maybe we haven't talked about enough on this show is that... Amiibo? We have E3, not talked about it no, at all. No, but we haven't talked game. about the impact at E3, yeah. right? Think about it. Last year at E3, Amiibo was just tied to one token game for the most part. It yep. was Super Smash. Smash Brothers. Then it became Hyrule Warriors. Then it mm-hmm. became uh, Captain Toad got Amiibo support. Um, Mario Party 10, at its announcement, did not have Amiibo support. Now it does. Um... And Animal Crossing is getting a game built around cards for Amiibo. So we are retroactively seeing Nintendo sort of approach Amiibo with every franchise now. And I don't know if you guys just recently did a game scoop on kind of Nintendo E3 E3 Mm -hmm. predictions. I sadly couldn't make it. But, you know, did you did you did anybody pick an Amiibo game? Like, did anybody say a game centered around the concept of Amiibo? No. I think it came like up. The Skylanders but I think, of Nintendo. No, I think we just acknowledged that we wouldn't be surprised if Star Fox ended up getting Amiibo support. Well, if Mario Maker gets Amiibo support, yeah, uh, yeah. these are things that um, you know we sort of looked at it and went, "Yeah, this just makes sense, right?" Like, and it's going to continue. And the, and it, more importantly, I think they'll continue to experiment with it. Like, look, Yoshi's Woolly World. Look at those adorable Amiibo, right? Yeah. The internet loved them yeah. from out of the gate. Um, what else was there? Uh, I don't know how people reacted to the cards yet, but to be fair, none of us have really helped them. Yeah. So we'll you see. played with Splatoon Amiibo. You tried it. Um, I did. Interestingly enough, I think what surprised me about Splatoon Amiibo is that they are read-only. They don't write any data they, to the figure. They dongle Amiibo. Yeah, they're am- basically, amiibo, yeah. we unlock content in your game, and that's it. And I was kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I guess what would it really transfer? Like it is just unlocking levels in your game. Yep. Um, but knowing that Amiibo can read and can write, I just I look at the Splatoon Amiibo set and wonder, what else will this set do? Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about that on the show as well. Yeah, we'll see. 
We will. The Were story you ask something not... about the Splatoon Amiibo before, when you brought it no, up? No, no, no. We talked a little bit about it last week, but, mm-hmm. you know, the challenges, the Amiibo, the Splatoon characters unlock are actually really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like the the extra functionality. You were not too happy about them being basically a key to unlock, like, this content because, like, I mean, one of the arguments about Splatoon is that it is the content is not plentiful in this game, right? Like, when you get down to saying, what do I get for my dollars? At least at launch, there's not enough, and so it feels like they were gating away a little bit more. And, and we right? try not to, you know, weigh price too heavy in a review. Yeah. But when you do have a un, sort of an empty feeling after you play a game, when you mm-hmm. do feel like uh, there was this really enough to hold my attention, you and I have talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like Splatoon is mechanically sound. It's it awesome is so mechanically. Fun to paint. Yeah. It is so fun to play. Even if the maps are being rotated every four hours, mm-hmm. I barely notice because all I'm thinking about is paint everything. Mm-hmm. Paint them, paint the floor, paint the tree, get yep. everything and cover it. Um, but I still felt like, yeah, the Amiibo challenges were something that if that had been included, I think it would have been it would have added a little more to that package. It would have made me feel like right now the campaign is a one and done. Like it's yep. not like a Mario campaign where you find yourself going back and, and you get more stars. Yeah, and all that. or yeah. I mean, you upgrade equipment, but it didn't hold me quite as much. Got it. Um, yeah. But it's still really fun, and yeah. I think people need to sort of uh, wake up to that fact. I'm not sure. You know how people feel about. I feel like the Splatoon people who talk about Splatoon, it's a split audience. Or people talk about Nintendo, it's a very split mm-hmm. audience. Some look at Splatoon and say, "I don't like the art style. I, this feels like a Nickelodeon ripoff." Yep. I don't. I don't feel like these characters are unique enough. And then you have the other side who are giving it fan art, who absolutely love the mechanics, who can appreciate what that game is. Yeah. Um, I'm. I mean, I. You know, I really dig it, and the the I way I approach this game, like. I feel like it's almost like Pac-Man, mm-hmm. where the core mechanics of the game are so good that at the end, after you're done playing, it doesn't feel like you're not sitting there going like, oh, man, I really wish it had a couple more levels. Maybe. Maybe I'll get to this point, right, yeah. where where multiplayer, I kind of I, I feel like, all right, I've done this level so many times, and like it feels like the same experience now, and I really need something new. Mm-hmm. But right now, I've got that kind of like... I'm in love with the mechanics of the game. It is not daunting. You know, like yeah. some people compare it to Titanfall where they're, you know, it's a it's a multiplayer heavy game. It's a little unfair because Splatoon does have a pretty fun co- campaign. It does. It's short, but it's a really fun campaign. Yeah. Um, but it does have it it does not have that daunting factor for me. Like mm-hmm. Titanfall, I can get into a match where everybody's completely owning me mm-hmm. and it feels like, you know, it can get frustrating where in this game, you, it always feels like you have a chance. Yeah. You know? uh, guess, it's really uh, nice. Special guest from last week's show, Chris Kohler, uh, wrote sort of his his review impressions or editorial idea mm-hmm. um, uh, on Splatoon. And one thing I enjoyed that he pointed out, and I think, I, be- I want to say this has been mm-hmm. said before, but that there is something to the idea um, that you don't have to be good at headshots to be good at Splatoon. Yeah. You don't have to, like, the, just the notion of firing the gun and making mm. sure you're painting the ground means you're contributing in a positive way. And we we mentioned it, like, slightly in our review, but I feel he did a better job of, of pointing that out, that that's ultimately what makes this so approachable. And I really think anyone who's on the fence about it 
Hopefully you tried the global test fire. If you missed out, so the last one didn't go so smoothly at first, <laughs> no, and didn't. it was a shame because that was for some people that was their first experience to try and play Splatoon, and it didn't go so hot at the beginning. But Nintendo left the servers on for some time. To, they gave it an extra hour, basically, basically, right? Or a full hour of working. Like yeah. I was able to get in two matches, and then it crashed. Okay, and then it was down for thirty minutes, and I'm like, I walked away, like after getting stuck on the on the matchmaking screen. And honestly, I mean, one of the issues with the game is when you're in matchmaking, you're powerless. You can't exit out. You're like you're, you're stuck, match, right? This party started. You're not leaving yeah. for three minutes. This party is gonna go for three minutes. That's another thing. You can't quit out it, of a match. Yeah, and so the the test fire. You know, I, I walked away from it, but um, people told me that they kept a full hour open afterwards, and it, it, it was good. Now that we're seeing it with live servers and um, Japan playing, yes, the connection speeds are, are much, much faster yep. and better. You played and, in my desk. And it, yeah, there was no wait at all. So mm -hmm. that's great. That's yeah. a good sign. Hopefully the community will remain active. And I'm hoping the, the new map releases every couple of weeks or so are substantial enough to keep people going back and, and yeah. creating this additional kind of activity. I will credit them that I think the rollout plan, if executed properly, will keep people playing that game. Yep. And maybe that was the reason the rollout plan happened. I know for some people, um, they sort of interpreted the situation as a narrative on, well, this game wasn't was, maybe wasn't done and they pushed it out the door. I don't know. Like, I can't choose a side on that. Like, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But mm. a rollout plan where and, – and saying free DLC to an extent is mm -hmm. them kind of covering their behinds on that. I think that's yeah, the case, by the way. I think that might be I, the case. I think that's the case because otherwise for critics – they knew that. I think one of the worries was that the, there's not enough in the package. Yeah. I think for the test version, which, you know, for everyone listening, there was a separate version for reviewers that was running on its own service, actually separate from the test fire, mm -hmm. right? Like um, when the test fire was down, the review server still worked, which was a good indicator. Oh, wow. Yeah, it worked know. great. Wow. Um, which which was an indicator that you know there was something unique going on. Maybe some some setting got something got screwed up, but sure, it wasn't sure. just it wasn't just too many people playing. But um, then I, I think they would have put more maps in rotation on that one. Mm. If they were truly done and it was just a staged rollout and sure. they would have told reviewers, hey, this is like TV. Every couple of weeks you'll get new content. But here is some of the content you're But expecting. I will admit, I, I, I want to believe you on that, but I will admit that a, a, sort of a controlled rollout like this yep. does keep people talking about this game a bit longer because they know content's coming. And yep. the fact that they attach the word free to it is going to keep those people talking about it uh, regardless. And remember, when they, they announced all this stuff, you and I sat down and we were like, Wow, no one got a lot of people didn't seem upset or offended by this. Mm -hmm. um, but come August, the Splatoon that you have will be much different than the Splatoon you are buying this Friday when yeah. it comes out in North America. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to go back, right? Like, just like games, like. I think Minecraft is the extreme where the game you got at the beginning is so different from the game you have now. We'll have to see if that happens with Splatoon, right? Absolutely. Like small tweaks can enhance a game but not radically change your mm -hmm. opinion of it. But, you know, maybe with Splatoon you are going to get these really cool friend features to pull together, you know, to play uh, uh, matchmake, uh, matchmaking match games parties. with your friends, yeah, yeah, with yeah. parties, all that. Absolutely. And maybe there'll be more to it. So we're going to – I'm okay. going to be interested to see how this shakes out. But, you know, if you're – if you're on the fence, if you enjoy, enjoy playing games like Mario Kart, I feel like Splatoon is a good investment. You know, it has that multiplayer factor. You can absolutely play with strangers and um, and have a great time with yeah. this game. Yeah. It's a little lacking on the friend as aspects right now, but sure. that's coming. Yep. 
All right. Well, yep. there you have it. Uh, possibly the last words you will hear on Splatoon for a while on the show. Until the next maps are out. Or, yep. And yep. if that comes up at E3, I wonder I, I wonder almost if that does come up at E3. If paid DLC for Splatoon is mentioned. Because to me, that says they are serious about this franchise. Like Amiibo mm-hmm. was one step to me of Nintendo saying, we are serious about Splatoon. We are going to push this. And we're going to tie it to this thing that we think is is, is selling pretty well right now. Yeah. Um, I think the next step is saying, okay, well, once this free DLC cycle is over, here's how we're going to continue to support Splatoon. Yeah. I feel like with Mario Kart 8, they got a taste of, wow, this does extend the conversation around this game. With Smash Brothers, I think you were right that they were really late to some degree on some of that stuff. Like, we got Mewtwo in what, in April? Yeah. And Mewtwo came... St- Kind of standalone. Do you remember there was a Miiverse stage for Smash Brothers that they talked that's, about during the 50 that's right, uh, yeah. cool facts? You didn't know? Yeah. Where is that stage? Where's tournament mode? Where are those extra features? I think that at E3, maybe that comes up, right? Not only talking about what's happening with Splatoon post all the free stuff, yeah. but what's happening with Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think Splatoon is interesting because it seems like Nintendo, at, at least in the U.S., decided that it is a kid's market game. Like, you know, and so... I think the kids market on consoles is not as interesting for paid DLC at yep. this point, right? Because there is this hurdle of entering. It's much a much bigger hurdle to to get people to download and pay than on mobile. So explain right? for folks though, like why do you feel it is a kids market game? Oh, they they the marketing dollars are all spent on on the young young market. Shows, yeah, yeah, no, it is one hundred percent. There, mm. there's no. There's no targeting older gamers, which you will see with um, franchises like Smash Brothers, even Puzzle and Dragon. Those games, they are going for more of a kind of like an overall game playing experience. With Splatoon, so far, all the spend has been on, on Interesting. kids. Interesting. I wonder started. how the the Puzzle and Dragon may change. Yeah, is working out for them just because. Uh, uh, good friend of the show, Francisco, uh, watched the ad that sometimes mm-hmm. shows up on IGN. And all it's showing is just the match aspects. And it, mm-hmm. it, it is really hard to sell what that game is to people, right? And we see this come around a lot with Nintendo franchises as like, how the heck do they market these things to yeah. people? It's tough. I mean, this this franchise is very well known in the East, obviously, yep. right? Not, Not the here. East Coast, the Far East Coast. Way and, far um, East. And so it does... You kind of see the whimsical graphics, and you get it though when you when you see what it is. It's like it's a puzzle game, and I feel like all you need to know is like, hey, it's a puzzle game. You may have heard the name, and by the way, it's got Mario characters. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, that game, I think they're definitely looking for more of a of a female target as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, mm-hmm. There's definitely uh, even some females in the office who are walking up to me saying. I can't wait to play this. Like, yeah. This is totally my game. I'm going to enjoy this uh, all day Saturday, if so. That's cool. All right. So let's move on then to the big uh, Mamma Jamma. So wow. we, t- what was it, two, three weeks ago, good friend of the show, Ryan Archibald Payton, yeah. came to this very podcast wanting to talk to us about Codename NX His middle name is Archibald? I made that up. Okay. And so we went through that in <laughs> I was so happy. Phases. Thank you. I oh, wish it man. is Archibald. And if you're listening, Ryan, mm-hmm. thank you for stopping by. You're always mm-hmm. welcome to come back. Thanks for we, stopping by. We talked about the what is what do you think is the hardware spec? What do you think is a controller? And what are three unique features? Now, sadly, I did, got, did not get to finish mine, but I also didn't form mine as well as you two did. I'm hoping for a rematch one day. But until that time comes, we did ask our audience to send us their codename and X predictions, which we have in front of us right now. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time coming. So here you go. First one from Tony, who says, okay, so for the controller, well, first of all, for the hardware spec, excuse me, he thinks it'll be PS4 level, Xbox One level of mm-hmm. power, machine power. 
Uh, so it'll be some some pretty graphics. Controller, the primary controller bundled with the console will be a traditional style controller similar to the Pro Controller. And new, X, new NX games will be designed for this controller. Probably will have motion capabilities similar to the PS4 mm-hmm. controller. So I think people forget, right? The, the PS4 DualShock does still have motion involved. So yeah. he thinks it, would, it you, would support that. You remember it when you accidentally trigger something you didn't want to trigger most of the time. But I still play Splatoon with motion on, do you? So I had turned it off for a while, and then I turned it on again, and I am actually liking it with motion a little better. Just for little corrections, because it can get it can get hard to look around and... Like, especially with a paint roller, it's actually helpful to be able to quick look while walking forward and all that. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. uh, I I play with the motion on, I and it's one of the reasons I think I've gotten good at the game is just a quick shift yeah. to turn and fire at someone and, and line it up really fast. And there are, there are definitely uses for tilt that I really, really like. It's yeah. just that, you know, sometimes developers just feel like they have to use it, and then they use it for the weird, weird stuff. Like, actually, my, my son's playing GoldenEye, the remake on the Wii right now. Like, he somehow discovered it, and okay. he's playing it. And it has these weird things where, like, you're shaking one controller up and down in one side ways and it's like it's absolutely not connected to what the motion is in the game and so that it just becomes yeah. this odd like well that's stupid moment yeah. and he's like I don't understand why I'm doing this yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay that's really funny um, yeah but motion controls are take it yep. or leave it so we'll leave it at that if you don't like playing Sosumo motion that's fine next unique features so Wii U backwards compatibility because Nintendo is going to want people to buy these games since Wii U sold so few of its amazing games mm-hmm. this, will fix, this will fix the problem of not having a ton of games to play right when the console launches since most people who buy the NX never played Wii U games and will have a huge opportunity to play those games. Okay, unique feature number two. Optional tablet controller you can buy uh, that will double as a handheld console. No new games will be made for this tablet controller and it will not work without being paired with an NX, but it will be able to download and play NX and Wii U games on the go that you already own on the NX. Uh, so he's, he's yeah he's basically he, he's, basically saying it's a peripheral yeah. that is optional but he's when safe. you want to take your games on the go yeah but he's basically he's future proofing Wii U uh, compatibility mm-hmm. with yeah that, right? okay because so if you don't have a gamepad how would that work yeah right? so it's like, similar what it to what Ryan and I kind of said but mm-hmm. but making it even making it. Wholly optional, optional, right? That's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then unique feature number three: strong connectivity between the NX home console, optional tablet, console controller, controller slash console, excuse me, and their smartphone games. You'll be able to continue your save file from NX games on the home console with the Mm -hmm. optional tablet controller and go via online connectivity, making for one seamless save file you can play at home and on the go. Yep. Smartphone games will have challenges, which have beaten unlock features in your NX games. I feel like you kind of married all of our yeah. everything we said and, on that show. And no it's, offense, Tony. And I it's think, honestly, that's no, that's what you're saying. He's saying, like, you know, he feels this prediction is a good fusion of uh, yeah, your ideas right. and my ideas. And, bottom, yeah, um, and it's honestly, I mean, it's what Sony was trying to get at, right? Like the uninterrupted experience that you can start a game at home and then you go on the go and you have that same quality experience while on the go. They tried that with a Vita. They like did. The, well, and it worked Vita. to be honest, I think it worked for one game and people will be surprised which games it worked which game it worked with. And I'm not talking about a PS4 mm-hmm. game. I'm actually talking about a PS3 game. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which you had to buy twice and mm-hmm. that's a bummer. But if you use the whole transferring, which was <laughs> the, Ko- the you know Hideo Kojima branding yeah. on you know the idea of transferring a save file, that thing was cool. I will admit that yeah. because it was a PS2 game, 
I did not have a problem with and, and Metal Gear Solid 3 is is a beast of a game that is one of my favorite games of all time mm-hmm. absolutely like I love the Metal Gear Solid series but 3 holds a special place in my heart and going between Vita and PS3 to play it was really cool I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna deny that I think certain games, and I've said it before on this show, that may not work as well, but I was thoroughly impressed by how well it worked across PS3 and Vita. Cool. Cool. You want to read this next one? I'll take Zachary Cooper's suggestion. He says the hardware spec is going to be more powerful than the PlayStation 4. Excuse me. Are you choking right up when because, I'm talking are you in the choking Xbox up One? Because of the hardware <clears throat> spec? No, I, I just love Zachary Cooper. Okay, got it. Um, so more powerful. That's good. Controller. He's saying it's like a gamepad 3DS, a smaller gamepad that has two screens on it. <clears throat> the bottom has a touch screen, and the top is 3D. Paris silently judging you. Yeah, and he has <laughs> the ability has the ability to stream NX games on the go and can play its own library of games, sort of like a Vita but better. And so mm. his three unique features are play NX games on the handheld controller, second is can play 3DS and Wii U games, so compatible with both of them. That would be nice. And then third is online party chat. <laughs> that is a special feature that we will see someday again. Someday. Yeah. Look, someday, we, have, we obviously have some, seen some, party someday. chat on, in Nintendo games before, like uh, you know, Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. Call of Duty, and Pokemon. So uh, that's a cheeky little suggestion there. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the most contentious argument with Splatoon right now. Yeah, but it is interesting. Like, I think the question of hardware power is a big one like will it be like the ps4 and the xbox one or will it be will it go beyond um those two consoles i mean right now you've got all this brouhaha around project cars did you see that talk about it a little bit right project cars was you know uh was supposed to come to the wii u as a stretch goal it was on kickstarter right that's right Uh, it was supposed to come to uh, wii u um as well as other current gen consoles and now the developer is saying after a while and i kind of i called this i didn't think project cars would make it out on wii u no um basically said well looks like we're running into all sorts of issues development is just really difficult we would have to sacrifice a lot to get this game to run on wii u and so that to me tells tell it tells me that it's probably not going to happen. I honestly think the market for a realistic kind of sim racer like that isn't there for the Wii U, mm-hmm. and it would be a lot of work for them to make it happen, and then would be really challenging to sell it. You know, sure, it's a bummer sure. for people who only have the Wii U and were looking forward to this game. Um, but that's but that's the challenge you will run in again with the next generation, right? Like if you want volume and breadth of a library, the closer this console is to the others, the easier it will be for people to to give you that. Yeah, that's right. Um, and but, it, it seems like Nintendo did build that console around the notion that they were betting on a slower adoption to next gen. Yeah, for sure. They did. But also you got to ask whether they, you know, they saw how successful the Wii was with lesser hardware and said, "You know what? People who have unique ideas will make custom games for our machine, and they will sell really, really if well. If the machine sells, right. absolutely. And and so that that didn't happen with the Wii U, obviously, which which kind of made this problem worse. But like that, I mean, you, you people are making games for an iPhone, whether the iPhone is more powerful or less powerful than an, an Android phone, it doesn't matter, right? It's like as long the as there's base. a market and yeah. an install base, people will do that. And with the Wii, there was an install base, and I think publishers were just late. Like that, they would have made way more games if they had had more foresight and they understood mm-hmm. what this thing was going to do. So when it took off, yeah. it basically caught them all with their pants down. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Moving on then, the next uh, Sean Smith hardware you got Sean? Yeah, I got Sean uh, for uh, our next codename NX prediction yep. provided by your readers. And we're not taking Brought any more. Brought to you by there your readers. There were uh, a lot of these. Thank you so much for sending these in if you took the time. If yours didn't make the program, I'm sorry, but thank you anyway for sending in an email so and for many. supporting the show. Yes, there were so many. Uh, I blame Ryan Archibald Payton for yeah. all of it. Uh, so, hardware spec, slightly better than a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Controller. The controller is the console. No more box. This controller has all the hardware built in. Mm-hmm. So a one-piece machine. Yep. Unique features. Number one, the console controller wire- wirelessly connects to any device, such as TVs, PCs, tablets, and smartphones. Unique feature number two, completely customizable controller allows faceplate swapping, hand grip changes, and more. And unique feature number three, wireless charging pad for controller comes with purchase. Okay. Uh, well, and it seems I, I was under the uh, impression that the controller is the console, but whatever. Wireless charging is a cool thing, by the way. Have you seen a, an, an Apple Watch? Yeah. You just snap that thing on the back and you're good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What a cool. world we live in. Like all that, you know, all the, the that kind of stuff is just magical to mm-hmm. me. Okay. I want more of it. Sure. All right. Um, so, By the way, in my house now, what? I can uh, I have the Amazon Echo. You know that weird cigar-shaped thing that Amazon sells? It's like a speaker that you can put in your kitchen. You can talk to it. Yeah, I, I don't have friends, so I talk to speakers. No, but you can now say, uh, and you know, you can use a wake word. You can say, Alexa, play Nintendo Voice Chat, and it'll go, playing Nintendo Voice Chat. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, you can now listen Want. to our podcast on Echo if you have it. There if you, you have an Echo, I, I probably just triggered it, too. So, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good job. Turn it's kind of like lights. Xbox on. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I love I love tech and, you know, anything like that. Wireless charging is just cool. Yep. Yep. Um, All right. Well, thank you for that. Sean, uh, do you want to take this next one? I'll Hopefully take the I next one. To put the, I, so I didn't put the name on Forgot this. I'm sorry. So I'm Unknown Soldier. We love you. The the He says it's going to be the new NES. Just kidding. He no, hopes. He hopes. <laughs> uh, you know, he was really hoping for a return to the NES name for the Wii U, and I'm hoping they decide to keep it simple. Maybe NES 2 if they're worried about confusion with the original NES. Um, clearly, they're not worried about confusion if they call one console Wii U after the Wii, so, no, you know, that, that might, might happen. And, and maybe that confusion is good, right? Like, Nintendo Entertainment System would be really cool, just for nostalgia mm-hmm. reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. It would be awesome. Hardware st- spec, he thinks, between the Wii U and the other current generation consoles, so the PS4 on the Xbox One, but iterative of current Wii U hardware, so Wii U games um, remain uh, BC. Backwards compatible. Yeah. Controller, Wii U tablet, Pro Controller, and Wii Remote. So he's saying they're going to do the same thing They're again. keeping it? Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's too much. It's I, too much. I think that's where, you know, investors in Nintendo would have something to say. They would say, no, you cannot do the same thing if the first one didn't work out. Yeah, and right? it technically only really worked out for them Possibly on Wii, yeah. Just because we sold Gangbusters, and so someone—I mean, Wii was the peripheral machine. Let's uh-huh. be fair; everything attached to that thing, whether by Bluetooth or by wire. Uh-huh. Um, He's saying the sorry, whoever he, unnamed soldier. Old, unnamed soldier says the unique feature number one is that both successors to the Wii U and 3DS will be able to play the same games because the hardware is being designed to scale up and down. And Nintendo merges the divisions that creates the these machines. Sounds impossible. Uh-huh. But keep going. Who knows? 
uh, that means they no longer have to develop for two different platforms, which you know I think is one of the big issues. Well, and I, um, I, there was something that uh, Chris brought up last week, right, where he said it is hard. It is a hard sell now to sell a Nintendo customer on two devices. That's becoming mm-hmm. more and more a popular argument here as well. The notion that you have a handheld and that you have a portable. And I guess I can hear that to a degree. Um, I, just, I, just, I always bring it back around to, well, what's your storage? Where yeah. is this game? How big does this go? But I, I just want to throw there that is out a, there. I mean, think of the iPhone and the iPad, right? There is You could create a game that is completely customized for the iPad and only spend your time developing it. Or you can, you know, because the, the two the two are very similar you know but they have the, different screen sure. sizes you can create a version that works on both but a 3D game would not look good on my television in most cases that is there's a challenge so that you would have challenge. to build a handheld that's freaking powerful yeah. there's no question I about mean, that and, and not to the say Vita Nintendo get, the Vita gets close though yeah or, or not to say that Nintendo isn't super talented with their art direction I mean look at what they've done on Wii U I mean yeah. look at you know to a degree I, this is not Nintendo directly but uh, Kirby the last Kirby game with the clay animation style. Look at mm-hmm. Yoshi's Woolly World. Look at Super Mario 3D World. Like yep. uh, the footprint for Super Mario 3D World is tiny, even mm-hmm. though the that game has a ton of levels going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just nailing the right look and scaling the assets right, it could work. Yep. I scaling the what? Scaling the assets. Oh, I thought yeah. you said something else. Oh, um, did you? Unique uh, <laughs> feature number two: all VC games work across both platforms. Current VC owners, uh, VC uh, owners of VC games, may have to pay a small fee, like a buck, to port to the new console. But uh, this is the last time that the VC library will be will be uh, separate. You're going to pay another consoles. dollar for Super Mario Brothers? Are you? Are Brian you gonna- will. Brian will. Brian, Brian will. is out. Brian yeah. said he is not doing it anymore. Brian is in France. That's, okay. that's yeah, how that's far right. out he is right now. Unique feature, feature number three, a premium online subscription service ecosystem to match Xbox Live and PSN, but with a Nintendo spin. I'm not sure what this would be. Um, street pass incentives, free games that maybe aren't available regularly, and so forth. Um, okay. Interesting. Okay. So uh, this next one comes from Corey. And he says, hello, gang. Let's just get right to it. Hardware spec, bigger hard drive, 250 to 500 gigabytes. Well, Can I ask you something? Hard drive. A hard drive. Well, first of all, a hard drive. <laughs> Second of all, you own a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. How are your hard drives right now? My PS4 and Wii U storage were full, so I added uh, new hard drives. Well, I swapped on, the, the, on the Wii U, that, that's a given. I'm yeah, talking about Wii the U other two that external. have half a gig. Um, remember, bat. I have two PS4s and two Xbox Ones in the house. No, we have GM three Xbox Ones. Money, yeah, yeah yes. because of that. No, GM because money. there are lots of people who live in my house, unlike That's yours. That's fine, but how? Wait, what's your storage doesn't situation? Doesn't Francisco have a separate console? He too? does. Yeah, See? yeah. But I'm asking, uh-huh, how, what's your storage situation looking like? PS4 is full. I swapped the hard drive, the internal hard drive, opened it up, put a new one in. Because okay. I was out of space on my main PS4, okay. not the second one. That one is still um, normal. Xbox One, honestly, because I buy so many multi-platform games on the PS- PS4, partially because I have a big hard drive now, my Xbox One is not quite full, but I have deleted some stuff off it. Okay. So I should get a new hard drive. I, I guess um, the point I'm trying to lean towards, though, is that it's not, despite it's never how enough. convenient these hard drives are built in, I do feel like there is a lifespan just For waiting sure. in the wings, and you're going to have to replace it. I'm not saying Nintendo's choice on Wii U was smart. Yeah. 32 gigabytes or 8 gigs was a, a, an awful way to go, in my opinion, if you're trying to push digital. It is. When yeah. if, but on this next on the current-gen spec with whether it's the fault of uncompressed assets or just the games are that much more complex now, 
it does blow my mind that <laughs> despite having half a gig of space, half a it's gig? not enough. Half a terabyte you can already fill up pretty quickly nowadays. Yeah. No, it's... Um, half a terabyte. This yeah. is true. I shouldn't have said um, half a gig. No, half a gig would be very, very fast. Yeah, very no, the... Um, I think the challenge is that what we expected those consoles to be has also changed, right? Like you buy a disc, like if you if you're saying, "Hey, I'm going I'm not going to buy digital because I I'm worried about my hard drive filling up. I'm going to buy disc." It's like you're screwed on the other machines because they install so much now, mm-hmm. right? Like in some cases the entire game has to be installed. Yeah. Yep. Um depending on the machine you own and um so it's just these are humongous games with lots yeah. of content, and they fill up the drive. And I want to be clear to folks: Nintendo's not, different still, right? Yeah, like well, a lot of stuff is on know. the disc and doesn't get installed. Yeah, but I do want to point out: I'm not trying to point this out as a large negative. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely love my PS4. I absolutely love my my Xbox One. But it is something that is coming up more frequently the deeper into the cycle with these consoles that we're getting. And uh, I do feel like, yeah, at some point I'm going to have to buy a third hard drive uh, uh, no a second hard drive yeah uh, for one of those are you systems. almost full with your first I'm pretty yeah, like sure on Xbox extreme. One I'm almost full yeah I just yeah. bought Witcher 3 I've been playing that and but, there's a lot happening but there. but the market could also change right like if streaming is really becoming the wave of the future and bandwidth someday will no longer be a problem it certainly is a problem in some of my my rooms and my house, like the, the many, connection many, is not many the rooms. many thousands of rooms. rooms they're they're behind the the glass garage under the <laughs> swimming pool. There, um, I don't have a great connection everywhere. Yeah. I have, you know, I have a fast connection in in certain areas, and so, uh, like streaming is not there yet. But it could be that all your assets are stored remotely, and you no longer install games. Right, I'm done. We'll not see. as powerful as an Xbox One, PS4, but more powerful than a Wii U as yep. part of Corey's prediction. Backwards compatible, big deal, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree with that. He's calling it a name already. He's calling it the Nintendo Sphere. Okay. Hang on to something. Yeah. All right. So the controller. That'd be terrible in katakana. Yeah. In Japanese. What would that be like? Sphere. Sphere. It'd be hard to say. The Nintendo Sphere. Sphere. (laughs) Controller. Pack-in controller is a much, much better version of the gamepad. Do you think a much better version of the gamepad would help? Yes. Yes. An iPad. Okay. Able to with buy buttons. Pro contro- okay. with buttons. Yeah, you better yeah. say with buttons. Able to buy Pro Controller as an add-on and no motion controls for the controller. Okay. No motion controls. We're done with motion, says uh, Corey. I Nintendo agree. I was done with motion. I, I, I agree. Okay, so let's see this. He follows up with three things. Corey, you're lucky because normally I'd stop here, but I do. I guess he he means these as his three features. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I was unclear. Yeah. NX is a code name for a reason. It is a cross platform. X. Yeah. Cross country is abbreviated X country at times. You got it. This is my theory for the code name as well. There will be a rounded hub, hence the name Nintendo Sphere. <laughs> you thought this through, Corey. That man. holds the specs and has the disc tray on top. Would look just like the shape of a stack of 100 CDs. A little bit bigger circumference than that. Jutting out from the hub would be a tray that looks similar to the gamepad tray. What's on tray? Uh, what's on the tray is number two. Number two. So what's on the tray? Number two tells us a PS Vita quality handheld will be the controller and will sit charged on the tray connected to the hub. 
There should be a touchscreen on the back and trigger buttons, L1, R1 buttons as well. Man, you want everything. Yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> the layout will would be similar to the gamepad, but the screen is smaller but better. Able to show 1080p, 60 frames. Okay, we're going off a cliff here for games like Mario Kart 8. Corey, this is going to cost $100,000. Yeah, nice job. Um, next, <laughs> last one. No, thank you, Corey, for uh-huh. sending this in. The way these two interact would be via Wi-Fi cloud-based tech. There will be dedicated handheld on-the-go games that can slide in or be down Downloaded to the controller as well as mm-hmm. dedicated console-based games. However, the home console-based games would be able to be streamed on the go to the controller, but two things would be required. Home console is on in some fashion, and the game in is has to be in the console, and two, the controller and console need to be connected to the internet, uh, and the console would stream to the controller, blah, blah, blah. My one thing with that, so Vita actually... Uh, one of my one of my only criticisms with Vita at launch was how much that thing wanted to be connected to the internet. Like every other thing was asking, oh. you, "Are you on Wi-Fi? Is there Wi-Fi? Well, Give me the Wi-Fi." Like, and I do you that. want to download an update? No, but you have to. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was part of that uh-huh. experience. I hope that's not the case here. Um, I got. Still, sc- I, I've taken many trips where I'm like, "Yes, I picked up this new game," and then you try to play it, and it's like update required. required. <laughs> and the disappointment. Yeah. Begins. All right, you yeah, got so this one from Brian, Brian D. Yeah, so Brian D. We don't know Brian's last name, but so I'm going to call him Brian Daltano. Okay. Uh, he's got something very different. I was waiting for somebody to make this prediction. So he's saying it is going to be a life-changing piece of hardware. For hardware specs, I believe the NX is going to be a virtual reality machine. Um you know, he was completely on board with the home handheld hybrid predictions, um, but recently Iwata stated that the NX is not going to be a simple replacement for the 3DS or the Wii U. This had me thinking that this console may be something completely different and marketed as such. Nintendo originally tried to pull this off with the DS, but eventually it, over- it overshadowed the GBA. You know, that's he's referring to the third pillar strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like where you had mm-hmm. the DS and the GBA coexist, which the moment we saw the DS, we all said no. That's not going to happen. You can't run all three um, lines like yeah. that. Yeah. So Did he's you saying, think GVA would die that quickly, though? Hang huh? on, back up. Did you think GVA would have died that quickly? Like yeah. DS was the future. That was yeah. it. Even when you saw the very toy-like looking DS. Yeah. Remember the very first model that it, was absolutely hideous? It, 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 you know, I was, I was not a big fan of the silver hamburger. But, okay. Um, no, <laughs> I, hamburger? I thought the moment you have this device in the channel, like it's it's – Game over for Game Boy because they kept on not talking about it. Like they kept on not talking about new software and everything. For Game Boy, before, yeah, yeah. For it Game Boy like, Advance, Game Boy Micro, yeah. the no, fashion I, statement machine. At the announcement, I'm sure I drank the Kool Aid and I was like, yeah, now we've got two handhelds and I'm going to hold one in each hand. But um, quickly <laughs> afterwards, I think it, it became apparent so quickly that they they just didn't talk about it anymore. I appreciate you know? your honesty. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, no, I'm, I'm crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe all sorts of stuff, and okay. then later on say I never believed it. The Schneider flop. Um, he That's says. What I call it. He says. Uh, Brian Daltano says people make fun of the Virtual Boy's failure, but that was literally literally over twenty years ago, and I believe Nintendo will have no problem trying virtual reality gaming again. The controller is going to be very traditional, much like the current Wii U Pro, uh, Pro controller. The real star of the show is the head unit, or wh- whatever they call it. You know the goggles. Uh, unique feature number one is portability. Um, they're, Nintendo is known for making their hardware accessible. Therefore, they want to make sure this is a machine you can travel with. Mm. 
interesting, right? Like if you know current like Oculus, any of those, they definitely it's a commitment to make that portable. You know, there's some there's some smaller um, and quite a fashion statement yeah. to make that. Portable. But there's some VR, you know, uh, VR solutions where you know you literally strap an Android phone to I've your head. I've seen that. Yeah, it's actually surprisingly, it's you know, it's actually not bad. It's just the resolution. Uh, it's not again. good either, though. No. Come on, but it is. Box I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like I'm with Brian. It's doable. You can have a portable virtual reality uh, machine. Uh, unique feature number two is connectivity with the 3DS and the Wii U. Um, that they'll have a new account system and the hardware will be able to talk to each other and include crossplay. Number three is NFC compatibility. Since Amiibos uh, or Amiibi, uh, or he's suggesting just Amiibo. Plural, yeah, okay. have taken off since their launch, <laughs> it is almost a no-brainer that the NX will have some sort of deeper support for them. Um, well, I agree. Definitely, with that. Amiibo is yeah. not going away. No, like, unless it tanks within yeah. the next like six to twelve months, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, I don't think Amiibo is going away, but I will say virtual reality and a set of goggles and a headset goes completely against what Nintendo is today. You think so? That is such a core gamer concept. That is such a core gamer device. They're not. They're not trying to sell to Joe core gamer alone. That hasn't been part of their strategy uh-huh. for a while now. I don't know. They they just that's why every other product shot you see, even of a well, especially during the Wii era, maybe still of Wii U. Actually, I have to do a little closer looking at their marketing. Is always the family, is always the living room, is always a bunch of people so you, playing together. So you don't think they'll go for something that is essentially a solitary experience because the no. the VR sets are no. Um, I I'm. I'm, you know, first in line for real release Oculus. I really like the experience with some of the games, but it's definitely not something that, you know, I could see playing for prolonged hours either. Yeah, um, yeah. But but what about a Google Glass type of thing where it's not, it doesn't take over your entire experience, but it's something that kind of brings, like unlocks like playing in the in the wild, like you can do Pokemon Snap in real life, do you think that's just crazy? I don't want to see that guy on the train. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want that either. I don't, but, I don't, I don't know yeah. if I want that. Um, but that's truly a third pillar in this yeah. case, right? Like, this yeah. is not like any of the it's other two machines. It's a third something. I'll say that. Yeah. But hey, Brian Daltano, thanks for sending yeah. that in. No, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm giving you a bit of a hard time, but I do uh, appreciate you sending an email. Uh, hey, my name is Michael. Love the show. My prediction is a little weird, but I'll, weird, but I'll explain it further as I go along. Hardware spec. Optimize Wii U level of power. I think they will make it faster, a little more powerful, but keep it in line with what they are currently working with. Controller, wearable Fitbit style band and a traditional style remote, like the Pro Controller, bundled in the box. The next iteration Nintendo handheld will be the second screen controller that is purchased separately. Huh. Separately pair. This is interesting. Believe. Um, this is interesting. I told you about this, right? Like Ubisoft had a huge success with their dancing game, right? Yes. And just dance. Um, just dance. And like it's still a huge success on the Wii. Yeah. That's right. The original Wii. Wii. And no, there's because, no because because the Wii U never came bundled with a Wii remote or mm. kind of a a controller where you can get up and just shake it. That it 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 was never it was never a thing. It wow. it was never kind of like the the mainstream success target, whereas the Wii, they still keep releasing these games and they still keep selling really, really well. It's a little secret. So I actually like the idea that he's proposing that there could be a wearable with it that interacts with the machine. Mm. You know, mm. And that's a cheaper thing to do than a, a full remote. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. All right, unique feature number one. I think the NX will come with a Fitbit style band that pairs with the NX and the next Nintendo handheld. The 3DS is in decline, and I think that the two devices launch together. I also think Nintendo handhelds sell too well to completely 
uh, be let go of, which that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they still sort of hold down the dedicated gaming handheld market, even though there aren't that many players in that space anymore. The Fitbit style band will be the, quote, life controller. Hmm. That tracks activity and street passes with other bands. It is the bridge between the handheld console and real life. Uh, you could throw probably a smartphone in there, and that would be the trifecta, yeah, right? Yeah, the triforce. <sighs> and unique feature number two, mm-hmm. <laughs> life-related achievements. I think that with the band, they will implement life-related features like walking one mile or playing for 30 minutes or street passing five people. These achievements will add perks to your accounts. Whoa, hold on there, Buster. Achievements on a Nintendo thing? <gasps> I don't Stars. know about that. Come on. I, th- I agree. I, I I don't think achievements are a standard, but anyway, the achievements will add perks to your account across all platforms and affect your global rank. Where are your games? Where are your games, unnamed person Michael? Oh, there you go, Michael. All right, uh-huh. so a global achievement system that ranks countries on game and life-related achievements, similar to Smash Power, but be based on country or region. So kind of gamifying life. I, kinda, yeah. I, I find that interesting. I don't know if they take that route. Maybe quality of life experiments with that this stuff. This sounds solely Nintendo to me. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, I could extent. see this. Yeah, I could see I could see Wii era Nintendo doing it. I don't know if I could see post-Wii U era Nintendo. Yeah, but they've been trying to claw this. that part of the market back, and I think the only thing that stopped them is that, you know, every company on the planet has done wearables and fitness-related stuff and I don't think they found a kind of an angle to attack it. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting. Yeah. I mean Iwata has said that, you know, with respect to wearables, the only thing he has said that we're looking at non wearables, yep. right? Whatever yep. the hell that is. <sighs> yeah. That's not all right, I'm gonna finish Michael's prediction though. There will be daily or weekly challenges. It's a beard you put on that tracks games your games and life activities. Well, Examples no. game achievements will be like playing a most of a game or collecting the most stamps. Life achievements will be finding three new street passes or walking one mile. The ranking system is set up like the Mushroom Kingdom with the winning country set up in a castle and the lower ranked countries far off from the castle making their way up the ranks. I will say, fine, you can say this idea is very Nintendo. I mean, do you remember Everybody Votes? Yeah. Do you remember that? That was the strangest... Part of the Wii, but also <laughs> hilarious. It was in that you was got to track public opinion on some of the strangest topics or questions. It was, it was. First of all, it was amazing <laughs> that they turned what is essentially a survey yeah. into they gamified a survey, yeah. right? Yeah. Like to me, that kind of feature is great for a dashboard. Like if you powered up your Wii U and the little guys are running out like you could have that kind of stuff right like that fun interactivity um but as a kind of thing you have to select and go into it was just crazy because of course you get bored of it after but and that's what i was going to bring up i feel like um experiments like that or experiments like michael's idea do not appeal to us the the core gamer here i mean we're still core gamers sure you're a man with a family i don't have that problem but the idea that I want to play deep, involving, great Nintendo games from core franchises that I care about or yeah. core franchises that I look forward to seeing the next entry on, like a Zelda, for example. You know, um, I just bring that up because yeah. this has in no way, shape, or form does it even come close to that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Look, interesting interesting ideas. Oh, yeah. Totally interesting um, ideas. Thank you so much for saying these things. I'm this still, one comes from Thanks for reminding me of that whole kind of quality of life stuff because we, we had glossed over it and we haven't talked about it in a while. No, we haven't. And, uh, yeah, and it's still a conundrum what non-wearables mean. Maybe well, no. maybe they're going to make edibles. <laughs> that ties in with the Mushroom Kingdom, too. Oh, case, no. Yeah. What, so what are me, you doing? Yeah, Where are you here, taking this? I'll be here all week. <laughs> um, so next suggestion comes from Ian. Uh, uh, 
emenchi on 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 the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, his specs, hardware specs, not as high as PS4, but close. So seems like everybody's pretty um, pretty cautious on predicting a kind of a killer, like you know, big PC style hardcore power machine. Right? And I almost wonder why. Is it because Nintendo will be playing catch up, or do they think? PS4, Xbox One level power will be around a long time, just like the last gen. Yeah. Last gen, PS3, 360 was here for what felt like forever. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably based just on the last two machines and the way the 3DS isn't, you know, it's not past the Vita spec or, I mean, in some cases, PSP still had a little bit more oomph in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, so he's saying there will be a gamepad type controller, uh, primarily for portable play. So that keeps on coming up. In most of the suggestions, people were saying there is a gamepad-type controller, whether it's a hybrid or not. Mm. The controller will have built-in memory, which should be able, which will be able to store two or three games at a time for purely portable play. So you're saying it's standalone. You can take uh, uh, with you. Transferring of content will be possible only within close con- uh, proximity of the primary system, which will read the disks and have the option for more storage for digital games. Interesting side note to that. I remember, uh, sorry not to interrupt you, Miyamoto83 told me and Brian last year that they were working on a concept at one point that your Wii U would be able to tell you got home before your dog did. It yeah. would like, detect your 3DS. And yeah. Just, ding. It's called geofencing. So my house already does that. Yeah. Like and you can phone use does a, that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, most, most smartphones. You can have a, a smart things hub and you can mm. you can tether your phones to it. And so when my kids come home, it's like... Bruh! The GM money like, children. Well, it's like when they even around, like they're still far away from home. It's, okay. You, you know when they're coming home. Got it's it. It's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Um. I I don't use it for nefarious reasons. I hope it's not. just no. It's nice when you're not <laughs> home. You know everybody's uh, everybody's Safe. okay, right? Um, Peace of so mind. So he's saying exactly. Um, the controller can connect to other NX controls, but uh, consoles, but only as an additional controller. It can only connect to one primary system for transfer of content. So that sounds very Nintendo. Uh, the other primary controller for the system will be the Wii U Pro controller, which will be rebranded as the NX Pro controller. No. This, this will only work uh, for home use. You cannot use it to control a game on the portable gamepad type controller. I okay. am a hater on the Wii U Pro controller. Really? You don't like it? I have brought it up on the show before. I do not like it. I always design. ignore your opinion, so I yeah. keep on asking. Well, you, I'm going to remind yeah. you of them. Okay. <laughs> Unique feature, it's because of the reverse stick. Huh? It is not just yeah. the reverse stick. Uh, I tried playing Donkey Kong. I actually reviewed Tropical Freeze mostly using that controller, and my hands hurt. Yeah, but that's because you're a giant. And no, like, not everybody's no, a giant. Oh, no. I for also you, didn't the, like the reverse stick. The gamepad like, is just the right size for you. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually. But, I like it. But, yeah, it took you a really while. Good. Then, yeah, huh? it took me a little bit to come around. Oh, man. I miss, I miss playing Dosh in the Giant. I haven't played mm-hmm. that. Just... Mm-hmm. Schneider Fluff. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> unique feature number one it'll be backwards compatible with the Wii U, but only for play at home. Okay. Uh, unique feature number two the gamepad will output at 720p, but the home console will output at 1080p. Games will be downgraded. Unique feature number three voice chat. Man, there's like a, there's a theme here, right? People want to um, talk. It will feature voice chat in online play, but it will only be with people from your friend. That's list. fine. You mm-hmm. know what? If that's what you're giving them, that that's, is one hundred percent fine. I don't stranger danger. That's what I, don't I need want. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are his specs, and he loves the podcast. Thank you very much, Ian. All right. Well. That's a lot of predictions, but it's not all the predictions. Um, thank you very much for so emailing many. us. You can email us at nvc at ign.com, but we are no longer taking predictions for this poll. Uh, it was a lot of fun to sort of read and see your opinions, but 
man, you guys send a lot of email. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, sadly, we need to move on. But there was definitely the theme was a lot of people were saying hybrid mm-hmm. or hybrid in some fashion, still with a gamepad. And then there were there were quite a few with a virtual um, virtual reality headset yep, yep. kind of. Couple of remember that, that fake fan made thing before the Wii got announced? There was like this this fake trailer of a Nintendo headset. You never see. Oh, you, I you remember never saw this. That. It was really nicely done. It was very very lame. Cool. Is more I what liked I have to remember. It. I no, liked you, it. You like anything? I love uh, I, I love everything. No, that's fine. That's All right. True. Well. Uh, Thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. It's a bit of a shorter show this week, but we are a man down, and we did want to make sure that your Nintendo NX predictions were read. So this was just for you. Yeah. Thank you very much for sending that stuff in. If you want to email us uh, and send us a suggestion for the question block, which is sort of a question segment we bring around. Why not next yeah. week a special E3-focused Question block. Oh my God! Send E3 us is almost your here. E3 questions. Send yeah. us what you think Nintendo might do at E3. To send us what uh, sort of opinion. Find a discussion angle, but related to E3. Email it to nvc at ign.com uh, with the subject line E3 question block. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sound that's good? that sounds uh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and I know we did our E3 prediction show already, but why don't we just sit down and look at the table, look at the tea leaves a little bit, mm-hmm. look at what's set in place. What do we think they're going to be talking about? What do we know they'll be talking about? A little bit of that. We did some of it on Game Scoop, but I would love to do that with you and Brian. Who Brian, by the way, should be back in the office next week. Oh, okay. If he's not. I'm going to be so disappointed, but we will find his replacement if not. So make sure that you stick around. Yeah. Look, we have a, a an old visitor. Um, who's returned to IGN, Andrew Goldfarb Tried himself, to get him today. a He's huge a Nintendo fan. We'll definitely have him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Andrew's been on Podcast Beyond a lot in the past, and he just returned from a, a stint working at a developer. Really liked it at IGN, so he's back in the house. And yep, yep. So we've got a new Street Pass friend again. Too. Absolutely, cool, yeah. cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we are not the only piece of content on IGN. In fact, there are videos, features. All kinds of shows and good news content stories for you. So make sure you head on over to IGN.com. Check out our content. Check out what we make and what we do. Also, if you're an MVC listener and you love to support Nintendo Voice Chat, why not submit a review? Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a show review or send us your feedback at NVC at IGN.com. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find... The always amazing Pear Schneider at Pear IGN. You can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. And thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.